0: We'll open our service in prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us here to celebrate the glorification of your champion. We thank you for speaking to us through her all these years. We thank you for the sparkle in her eyes and the smile on her face. We thank you for her courage, her indomitable spirit, and her boundless generosity. We thank you, Lord God, as we release her to her destiny with you, where the archangels bow before her, a royal priest, a child of the Most High God. And we thank you, Lord. And we pray this day that you will seal in our hearts the significance of her testimony and the message she brought to us about you we ask this in Jesus name, Amen going to sing uh, now Amazing Grace we're now going to have some tributes from the family then there's going to be a, a, a A couple of songs of worship, and then there will be an opportunity for anyone else who wishes to bring a tribute in Athony's memory will be free to do so. So I'm now calling on Glenda to come up first.
1: I live in Hobart, Tasmania, with my two sons, Wesley and Matthew. Mom had a unique relationship with each of her grandchildren, always lighthearted and ready for fun and laughter. My son Matthew, who is 23, shared a special love of music and song with his granny. They were both entertainers and enjoyed and entertained each other. This is what Matthew had to say. (gasps) Granny was a goofy old gal who was as constant in her quirks as she was in her kind-hearted demeanor. She had a knack for saying the most preposterous things, which always had me stunned and in hysterics. She was enthusiastically supportive of me in all my endeavors and made sure she was in the front row and would even have been on stage if she could whenever she got to attend one of my gigs. Rest in peace, Granny." Wesley is 26. This is his tribute. I have fond memories from my early childhood of playing games with Gran, particularly under a large tree we had on our property. Even well into my adult life, Gran would still occasionally, presumably in jest, refer to me as her little friend from the tree. Despite the fact I have lived in a different country to Gran for the past 20 years, It has always been clear throughout this time that she maintained a great level of care and affection for me as her grandson. She sent me a card every year for my birthday without fail, and whenever we talked, she would always tell me how much she missed me and tell me about her favorite memories of us throughout the years. I'm very glad that she came to visit us not too long ago, and I was able to spend a decent amount of time with her. I will remember her as a very loving and kind grandmother who was a great blessing in my life. And this is me. My earliest memories are of fun and laughter. She was always interested in what was happening in our lives. When I got home from school, we would chat about the day and always focus on the humorous happenings. We would often laugh until we cried. As you all know, singing was her passion. This created a very cheerful environment in our home. Occasionally, she would close herself in her wardrobe so as to hear herself sing, which generated much hilarity amongst friends and family. Mom would try her best to change the unhappiness in people's lives into joy and lightheartedness. As time passed, she did develop a more serious manner as it became apparent that some situations were unsolvable, which she found very upsetting. Even though we lived so far away, she maintained interest in every detail of our daily existence and even though quite handicapped, would fly many hours to spend time with her precious family. She was game for anything, even if she didn't quite know what she was letting herself in for. She visited us fairly recently, and I have happy memories of being constantly on the go with her in the wheelchair, exploring the street markets, making a trip up the mountain to see the snow, and afternoon teas with scones and cream. I guess it's the same with all our mums. I never felt as loved by anyone as I did by my mum. I will miss her.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Clifford.
2: wasn't able to present what I wanted to, so I've had to just um, come up with something that I did put onto Facebook. My mom, when I look at your life, you didn't have it an easy life. You had to make ends meet for your family of seven. You struggled, but you never complained. You just kept on. I hated it when you struggled. But you still never complained You always made sure everyone else was taken care of You always made sure everybody had food to eat You looked after everyone else God gave you a long life He saw how you touched people's hearts You only ever wanted the best for everyone And everyone you touched adored you You leave a big hole in our lives that no one could ever fall. You are at rest now, Mom. The angels are rejoicing to have you there. You were an example, even to the angels, on how to be an angel.
0: Kevin.
3: Mine's going to be short and sweet. Mummy, Mummy influenced my life in so many ways. Although I was far away, you were always in my thoughts. Thank you for your all look your unselfish ways in providing for us. Mum always Mum always beat her drum her own way. do not always see eye to eye with everyone around her. And vice versa. Her intentions were always pure and she had no malice to anyone. But she would rather pray for them. I can remember her first visit to Oz a little bit more lighthearted. I had my first PC and it had a program on it called Dr. Spato, which had meant to be a psychiatrist. She was convinced that this was an evil spirit inside this machine so one day I caught her she was actually laying hands and praying for this. <laughs> <laughs> cast out the evil spirit. She was always generous to others and even though she did not have much money she would give freely, expecting nothing in return. She unselfishly <coughs> sorry. She unselfishly housed and fed many people, mostly without any payment or remuneration. Mum towards the end could not know the mum towards the end we did not know the extent of your suffering as you mostly kept it to yourself you are now at peace and have no more pain
4: God be with God
3: be with Jesus who you always talked about so much I love you mum
0: Thank you, Karen. Colin.
5: Before I start on on my notes, I just thought. To, to let you have a look at the, 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 the pamphlet that we, we put together. Um, the, the first two pages, there are writings there which are from, from Mom herself. Um, sorry, is it too far away? From Mom herself, there, there were things that she'd written down in her Bible. And Clearly, the first first page is is really her confession of faith. It's it's um, um, you know her her uh, statement about God and who He was to her. The second one was actually, as you can see, is to her children, and we thought it appropriate to to include it here because, in in many senses, you are all her children, and and. That's the kind of person she was. Okay. So, when I sat down to write some notes about mom, I, I really struggled uh, to get started. How does one truncate 60 years of my memories into a single sort of edition? And most of you know Mum. New mum in the latter years of her life, where for the first time she had to handle the responsibilities of home ownership and making financial decisions. Uh, due to the early demise of my father, but the person you knew was only a fraction of the woman that was Athelene McLean. and you've heard some of that from from some of my siblings. I've still got one left with so many siblings. Okay, but. My earliest memory of of mum, contrary to the others, actually was that of a disciplinarian. (laughs) Though I think there was also thrust on her because I was rather adventurous and strong-willed. I think um, the others would give different names to that, but I choose adventurous and (laughs) strong-willed. And she already had two other types to manage. Uh, On the one occasion, I remember hiding, this was in Ronald's Road in Clouffe, Uh, In a newly built drain, they were building the roads. And I just heard the words, wait till you get home, ringing in my ears. And ultimately dragging myself back to the house with a futile hope that mom had forgotten. But mom had other sides too. From supporting all her children in various aspects of life at school, through to her own passions. As uh, Linda highlighted, certainly singing was one of them. But knitting was one of the other ones too, and she was always, always carried a little bag, seemed to always carry a bag with her with knitting hanging out of it and whatever, whatever it was. I think one of the last things she knitted, um, Mish, was, was uh, little Logan's beanie and a, a jumper. Uh, particularly though her singing and you all know how good she was at that time. She always jumped at the opportunity to sing in church, whether a solo or in a choir. I remember so many times of her warming up her voice and practicing, and while her singing was not my favorite, the style was not my favorite, it actually had an influence on me. It led me to also being involved with music, from singing in choirs and groups to playing bass guitar and singing in a band. And I remember Ellen, also, playing with us on one or two occasions, so yeah, we go back away. But mom wasn't perfect. There were times that we clashed. Actually, nor was I perfect, nor am I perfect. And there were times that we clashed. I think she cared so much for her offspring that she didn't often know where the boundaries were. But in the grand scheme of things, there was a minor failing. She loved her family dearly. From her own children, who were immediately relegated to second best as soon as the grandkids arrived, to her great grandchildren. It was so special. Excuse me. Seeing Mom on her deathbed interacting with my newest grandson, Logan. Her love was evident even then. My most enduring memories of mom are from the latter part of her life, where her passion for people was allowed to surface. Initially, it was about trips to the valley of a thousand hills with this church to provide food and spread the gospel to the poor and needy. But that wasn't enough. I clearly remember her telling me about her discussion with Pastor Jonathan about opening her house as a boarding establishment for those who needed shelter. And as you know, that became a significant contribution that Mum made to this world. Could never be said that Mum was house proud. Amidst the clutter, however, she produced food, provided a warm bed, and the good news of God's kingdom to all that came through her door. Some have even said to me that she was the essence of Christ's likeness. She really cared for the whole person. I believe that, that this ministry was actually what kept mom going. Right up to the end, even though her mobility was impaired, she continued to prepare food for others and make sure that they were cared for. Traveling to the shops, buying whatever was needed. And, and that continued until fairly recently. Um, seeing her drive off in that battered green centre made me kind of glad I didn't live nearby. She did tell me that none of the accidents were her fault. has <laughs> left a legacy in that house. And arrangements are in progress for her good friend Merkel, who is also here, for that home to, to continue as a caring facility for the aged and somewhat in her memory. But Mum, it's time to say goodbye. I know that yours is the loudest voice in heaven. praising your God and King. Adieu. Till we meet again.
0: Thank you, Colin. Uh, Andrew now, right?
6: A bit of a long one, but um, here goes. Um, firstly, I'd just like to thank every single person here for um, coming and sharing our special day with us. Um, it's momentously appreciated that you've all taken the time out of your busy lives to attend and celebrate the life of mum today. And boy, oh boy, what a life that was. To start with, I'd like to take the opportunity to say a special thank you for those who have travelled far and wide, and especially my brothers and sisters, sister and niece, your support, love and comfort has been incredible over the past few days. I would also like to make a special thank you to Myrtle and Mandy who have both shown unbelievable love and care for mum in her last days. This is truly appreciated. So with that out of the way, I think I need to apologize for the way I'm dressed today, but my mother dressed me. It is evident by the gathering of people here today and by the outpouring of love and support we have received from people far and wide that mum was a special person that has touched the lives of so many. Mum had many innocuous traits that, at the time, may have been considered meddlesome. But looking back now, I believe she made it her mission in life to try and make everything right by what she sincerely believed in. She would always quote a scripture that she felt appropriate to the circumstance of the time. Her faith in God was the basis of all she was. Sorry, getting too old. There was, however, one circumstance that mum seemed to have brushed aside by abiding by her creed. She seemed to have made exception of her advice to always tell the truth. For the past 15 years or so, mum carried a distressing secret to her grave. Only just this week did we find out that she had been diagnosed with skeletal cancer and a rare form of leukemia way back. At no point did she ever mention anything about it. While going through and sorting out her belongings this week, it came as a shock to find scans and x-rays showing the severity of her affliction. Not once did she ever mention anything of it. Mum never complained about it or let it overwhelm her. In fact, I think it had the total opposite effect. It seemed to have intensified her benevolence and stimulated her self-quest to live her life in the service of others. As many of you may know, mum has turned her house into a haven for many people. These fortunate people have all been showered with her kindness, love and selflessness when staying with her. There was one, I'm told, who even stole from her and being the person that she was, gave him some money and sent him on his way. It must have been hard for mum and dad, of course, to bring up five kids, especially us five. (laughs) There would always be conflicts to sort out and inevitably teenage cheek to deal with. I have fond memories of shoes and slippers whizzing past my (laughs) ears. when running away from impending punishment. The positive I took from that was that I really learned to play dodgeball pretty well. (laughs) Growing up, mum and dad sacrificed much for us kids, but bore the burden as part of her God-given calling. Mum took great pleasure in knitting and sewing, some of the most practical but often unfashionable garments. Christmas presents were filled with mostly pyjamas, thank goodness, and other items of clothing, some of which went straight to the bottom of the drawer, never to be worn again. But this was just one of her ways of doing all she could to be the best she could. Mum leaves behind an abundant legacy, five children, 12 grandchildren, and 11 great-grandchildren at the last count, all of whom were flawless in her eyes. Spouses and parents may just have a slightly different opinion, but mum attained, sorry, Mum attained a modest height of five foot and four inches during her life on earth, but she was a little over four foot when she passed away. She may have shrunk in physical size, but her frame was in total contrast to her stature. She was a she sure was a real life Mother Teresa. God bless all those whose love she touched. Rest in peace, mum. And I have a message. I I live in Australia and um, have two beautiful daughters that granny doted on. And uh, they've written messages and Mandy, my wife, as well. So I'll read those out for you. Granny. Granny. This is my daughter, eldest daughter, Jess. Unintentionally funny and purposefully kind. My grand touched and changed many lives throughout hers, including her own. Although we weren't always together, I had endless memories of her. She never failed to make me and others feel loved and cared for and would open her arms and her heart to everyone she could. A fearless woman, she faced life and apparently Black Mamas too. Head on. She was lovely from her head down to her ankles. And my daughter has a little bit of aversion to people's feet, so this we won't talk about her feet, ha. I remembered every morning I saw her while laying on her back and cycling her legs in the air. She had silver clips in her hair to give it the wave we all grew to know. The same as she would twirl my hair into spiraling curls, a feature of mine she never failed to ask about every future visit. Sorry for straightening them, Grant. She, she had a smile that lit up her entire face. Typical granny. Iconic joggers with every outfit, and a pink cardigan are just some of the looks I remember. She was selfless and compassionate, and loved people and animals alike. She had a a soft spot for my dog at home, Milo, even knitting him a lopsided sweater for the colder months in Orange, where we live. It's the thought that counts right, and he loved it. Thank you, Granny, for your acceptance and love. Thank you for being proud of me and Emma. And of every everyone whom you knew was trying their best. Thank you for the memories, for the hugs, the Bibles. And most of all, thank you for being my Granny. This is a message from Emma. She's my youngest daughter. She's 17, youngest daughter. In the very short 17 years of my life, I never, I, never have I had to deal with the loss of a close family member. This time it was granny and it hit me hard. Over the past week, I have started to learn and grow from this experience. and now I acknowledge that she is where she always wanted to be and that is with the angels. From my earliest memory of Granny, I remember a little teddy that she bought me. That teddy is still with me now. That teddy has been around the world and to nearly every place in Australia. It is my one teddy that if I would ever lose it or became buried within my sheets, I would have sleepless nights or stay up just to find it even to this very day. That teddy would always be with me, and would always be the teddy my granny gave, got me. From her visits to Australia, I was always excited to see her and all her funny or kind perks she had about her. Yeah, a few of my memories we shared, which I will forever cherish. Laying down on our backs in a cockroach position, pretending to pedal a bike in the air, was one of my favourite exercises with her. Mostly because all we were doing was laying down and being able to laugh at each other for looking so silly. Granny's fake teeth trick. Where, out of the blue, (laughs) she would take out her teeth She would take her teeth in and out, and all would be left would be a mouthful of gums, still smiling, with her chin touching her nose. (laughs) Being on the other side of the house, but still being able to hear clearly what was being said on the TV, in this case, the swimming, and her loud cheering for any swimmers from either South Africa or Australia, Every time we would say goodbye or hello, Granny would reply, Hello, my darlings, followed by a big grin and stretching her back so that she stood tall. Whenever she talked to us, it, it would always be one hand on our hand and as close as she could get to us and listen to us intently and love every minute of it. These are a few of a million memories that I hold close to me. From stories I hear of Granny and what I saw of her, she projected so many valuable qualities, ones that I try to follow every day. Granny was kind to everyone, despite anything, including you, where you came from, or who you were, she accepted you. She was selfless and did anything she could to put people before her, making sure that they were okay, and she loved that. She loved when people were smiling. Also, because she loved smiling with them. She loved having fun and being cheerful, but most importantly, she loved everyone and put her heart into anything she did. One thing I remember Granny always saying was, you have my name, and I'm so happy that you have my name. Her second name is Ethel. I love you, Granny, and I know you are having a party up there with Grandpa and the angels, singing your hymns and your favorite songs and looking down on us and smiling like you always did. Lots of love from one of your darlings, Emma Athalie McLean. And this is a message from my wife Mandy. She said, I googled the meaning of the name Athalie. And I came up with these words, I quote, helpful, peaceful, and inventive. Athlète was helpful. When things were a little crazy at home, she would always offer a hand in the kitchen, preparing supper, or with the girls at bath time Family life sometimes could be challenging for her and a little too much of a burden, but she always kept the peace. Her door was always open to everyone, no matter what had been said or done. She was inventive and loved to sing, sew, and bake. She wouldn't see anyone hungry, even if it meant offering a half-eaten day-old McDonald hamburgers from her bag. She wouldn't see anyone cold, even if it meant offering her own cardigan or putting her arms around you. She and I were closer than you may think. We once shared a bed. Weekends away as a teenager and a newcomer to the McLean family, Andrew and I were split and I had to sleep with the, in the same bed as Athalie. I recall a night when half asleep, accidentally snuggling up to her and woke, realising what I was doing. I hoped she had, was in too deep a sleep to realise But much to my horror, and without warning, at breakfast the next day, she went on to tell everyone. (laughs) She was loving, caring, giving, and gifted me with a steady stream of calendars, pens, secret socks, and very large underwear. Her kind gesture I will never forget. On my very first Mother's Day, When she wrote a card to me, as if it was from her newborn granddaughter, and left it at the end of the hospital crib with the teddy bear, I will forever remember Athelie for the things that she loved to do, the visits to Australia, her love for her son Andy andy, as she called him, and our girls Jess and Emma. Her gentle spirit will remain in our hearts forever.
7: Mm
6: -hmm. Lots of love, the daughter, Nor Andrew.
5: Thank
0: you. Thank you, Andrew. And now the uh, one of the many, many grandchildren, Catherine.
8: I vividly remember the day I said goodbye to my grandparents in Durban Airport in 1988. We were headed to Australia and I thought my life was over. I felt like I was being forced to leave behind my carefree African childhood and trade it all for tin sheds, red dirt, and nothing but kangaroos for transport. I thought I would never see my granny again. I was wrong, of course, on both those fronts, but that is the mind of a child. I had a deep bond with my gran and I felt I couldn't go on without her. She held me tightly with tears running down her cheeks and she told me that I was the wind beneath her wings. (sighs) To this day, the memory still makes me cry. But as it turns out, she was the wind beneath the wings of all of us. She played a significant role in the formation of the character of each member of her family one which goes beyond biology, one which is both common and yet individual to each of us. My fondest memories of my life all involve my gran, whether she was there or not. She always shared them. Everywhere I've been, even in Australia, I've been with her. and yes sometimes it was just dirt and kangaroos dirt, kangaroos and sweat because for some reason it was decided that it was a good idea uh, for nine of us to squash into an old van without air conditioning and drive 2,000 kilometres across the country in the middle of the worst drought Australia has ever had. And yes, in case you were wondering, that van did break down. In the middle of nowhere, under the blistering sun. But Gran said it would all be okay, and it was. My Gran always had the ability to walk this world without fear and take what came her way within her stride. She was brave and she made all of us brave. Even after Grandpa passed, she continued to visit us as often as she could. She shared the joy of my growing family and my children, all five of them, all treasure and adore her. It warms my heart now to look back to even the simplest things they shared together, things like sharing a meal or even cuddling up together and watching a movie. I'm glad they had the good fortune to know her. And I will hold these pictures in my mind as the precious possessions they are for the rest of my life. The time of my brother's passing were very dark days for me and when Gran visited again she helped me carry my sorrow and helped to let a little bit of light back in my life. How do you say goodbye to someone as treasured as your granny? The truth is you don't because she's always a part of you. She's always a part of your heart. So let your hearts overflow. Let the grief wash over you and accept that in some way it will always be there because grief after all is your love. The love that you shared, which now you carry on your own. The threads of life itself is frail, but the bonds of love transcend life. Though she is no longer here in body, we carry her in our hearts. So until some day we may meet again, I carry you. Rest gently.
0: Thank you, Catherine. Uh, just in passing, uh, Andrew made a comment about his colorful Mandela shirt. would let's just take note. But in the kingdom of God Jesus Christ has no value whatsoever in outward appearance and outward form. We're now going to sing again. Thank you very much. Sit down. <coughs> now we have time for any other tributes. Uh, from the floor, please come forward. Uh, if I start singing, while you're giving your tribute, your time is up.
4: I was told to put a few words together about my gran. As many of you know, my nana was not the kind of person you could put into me a mere few words. She was definitely the kind of woman you'd just have to meet for yourself. Those of us that had this honor can honestly say we've met an angel. Personally, she was incredible. From fighting huge rats with a broom handle when I was a kid, <laughs> to driving me all the way to Maritzburg at 85 years old, just because I'd missed my bus to go and visit my family. Words cannot be found for the fun we had and the horsing around, as she liked to call it, while I took her shopping every Tuesday. She was not only a caring grandmother, she was my confidant, a beacon of faith for those that knew her, and a pure heart, full to the very brim of kindness. Not only did she show me What sheer terror was like being in the passenger seat of her car which made me appreciate the small things in life. (laughs) But she also taught me the deepest compassion for others, the most incredible patience and a life-changing trust in Jesus. And you will always be my guardian angel. And I can never repay you for what you've done for me. <laughs> May the heavens ring with your wonderful voice.
0: Rest in peace, your beautiful soul. Well done. Thank you very much.
9: That was done a grandchild, I'm a niece. Um, my name is Linda. <laughs> um, my dad was the oldest, then Athley, then Errol, his one daughter there. Um, Bernard, son and daughter over there. Um, without athlete, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, Let me read this I don't know if you know But they say cousins are your first friends And I was From visiting The hearts uh, Near Uncle Charlie's cabin (laughs) And the other hearts Who were hiding in Zimbabwe (laughs) Rhodesia Only got to know them when I was 19 But Ethel and Mark And the, the five of them Always in my life. My brother, by the way, is a pastor in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He sends his condolences. Guys, he's, yeah. His wife is in a wheelchair, so, yeah, he couldn't make it. Your cousins are your first friends. Um, a large part of my life, actually, after Bernard and Anne came back to, back to South Africa, them and, and Mark. Um, I can't see what I've written, <laughs> Athalie was more of a mother than my own mother. Um, when my dad married my mother, my, her, my mom's parents said to my aunt, she's Clifford's problem now. You didn't know that. My life with my mother, who was called Molly in those days, was chaotic. At 13, she tried to strangle me. At 16, she pulled a gun on me. At 16, I tried to commit suicide, but you've got to actually do it from a tree or something, not in your cupboard, because when your feet touch the floor, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and then there was Athley. At six months, she, she went with my maternal grandparents to Mbavon, looking for a house for my grandfather. 1962, oh, all the way along, there just was Athley, 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 and Glenda and the cousins... In 1965, I'd lost my train ticket and I was standing on the phone crying to my mom because you could do reverse calls in those days. Who came along? Ethel and her grandchild and a, and a cousin. In um, 71, my mom kicked me out and then Ath really looked after to me. My mom actually said, Molly said, I don't want you visiting. <laughs> I said, you kicked me out too bad. <laughs> I could do my own thing. She did have a gift of putting her foot in it. She phoned me, or I phoned her, and she said, I'll see you at your your kitchen tea. (laughs) I went, okay, I didn't know that. (laughs) She sang at my second wedding. Um, Then I got a letter from my mother suing me, much like a (laughs) laborer, for all the money she'd spent bringing me up. So I went to Bernard and Anne, went to Mike and Natalie. And they said, Molly was always crazy. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of Molly. If I ever wanted to see a scenery, who was the Williams sister who had the meltdown, I'd call my mother Molly, just to push her buttons. My older two children learned to ride their bike. Do you remember that hill? Because the others don't. That little mound of sand when the driveway was made. We were playing there. You and the kids, my kids were playing there. Two of my kids learned to ride a bike there. I had, a, I had countless meals with athlete She sang at my wedding. She came to Joel's wedding. I paid for her to come and Joel, to stay with us at Calderwood Hall. Um, <laughs> that's, a lot, that's a lot. About 15 years ago, I went to see Athlie, and I had my two cho- younger children and my standard poodle. We went to see Anne when she was living down... That road from Cliff going down. What's it? What's it? Down there. Anyway, my dog peed in a carpet. Um, last year, I got tickets for athletes to go and see the sharks. I actually didn't know what an impact that had made. I didn't know. There she is. With tender. Wow. Um, my husband, <laughs> who annoys me to sleep, always used to say, Linda, how are your aunts? My mom's mom has passed, now my dad's mom, uh, my dad's sister is only auntie Anne left. I was thinking of actually going to visit my cousins in Australia next year and taking an athlete with me. And when I saw her in hospital last week, I said to her, girl, you were more of a mother than Molly. And as sick as she was, I just saw the faintest eye roll. And I went, she's still here. She's still here. Um, Don't know about the hardings. I know she chased you. And I said, why would you want to hurt your child? And as a niece, and I hope you guys know, the grandchildren, the children, how much... She absolutely loved you. She never, ever stopped talking about your kids. Felix should name them all, you, Jaden, all of them. She never stopped talking of your girls. Your your three I'm missing someone. Andrew, your two would tell me all the time what your kids are doing. And I visited her a lot. I've been there twice a year. So my husband then only got Anne to so say, now, how's your aunt, Linda? So, Russell, you have to give me your phone number so I can ask you how mom is. <laughs> um, don't know. Don't know what I'll do with my spare time now, because any time I hate spare time, I go and visit Athlete. So, what a blessing. What a blessing. Thank you.
3: Hello, everyone.
10: Uh, my name is Tim, and I was one of the people that Athelie took into her home. And my father had passed away, and I was studying, and I didn't know where to go, so I ended up staying with Athelie. And the deal was that I would pay for rent, and I would get dinner. And then I would get up in the morning, and she had breakfast for me. And she would force me to eat it. And then she would pack lunch. And then at dinner time, I wasn't allowed to leave until I'd had my vegetables. So she was absolutely strict on me. She, she treated me like I was a son. She welcomed me into her home. She embraced me. She loved me. Um, and she was at my wedding. I think she sang at everybody's wedding she was at, even if she wasn't singing, because she was the loudest. Uh, and she was just awesome like that. I remember the one night we went out to, to night of the proms. And it was just a classical evening, and you got involved, and it was fun and festive. And then afterwards they said, if there's anybody that would like to join us afterwards and dance in some basement somewhere near the city hall, please join us. So I thought we were going home, and she said, no, 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 we're going dancing. So then we went down there and we, I mean, we were dancing. I mean, we were dancing and everyone was dancing at 11 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, I was sitting down at the table by myself, waiting for her to finish dancing. She just carried on dancing. She was so full of life, absolutely full of life. And I have two scriptures that I just, just come to mind when I think of Athalie. One of them is what you do for the least, the least of these, my brothers, you do for me. And what Jesus, what her passion for Christ was expressed through the way that she loved people. Uh, she, was, uh, she was very vocal about who I should be friends with, who I shouldn't be friends with, who I could date and not date. I mean, she, was, she had no filter in telling me what she thought, but she loved me with the passion of Christ. And the other scripture I have for her, which is true to her, and if you look at the pictures, you'll see, it says this, those who look to the Lord are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Athelie had the radiance of Christ, and you could tell it. Anybody around her, would leave loving Jesus more. She's uh, somebody I truly love, and I do look forward to seeing her again in heaven. Thank you.
0: Well done, thank you.
7: Maybe I'll just start by saying how wonderful it is to be back at my spiritual home. To see everybody here that I know. But to the family, I just convey my condolences. My mom lived with Athlete for seven years at the home. And I can truly say that when mom was about to pass on, I thought, are you scared of heaven? <laughs> no. Uh, because they'll be dancing in heaven when I arrive. But as I, as I stand here today, I can see where athlete sits. <laughs> I see where mom sat. And I'll just never forget the way in which we were welcomed in her home. Quite cluttered. (laughs) Her green center, I'll miss it when I come down the hill. When I go to a a fellow church down the road, I will see at least green center parked in the corner here. A couple of funnies. Mom was losing her mind in her final years. And... um, She developed a habit of having to go to the loo every five or six minutes. So, when you see that little furrow in the corridor, that's my mom. And she would tell my mom, You've been to the loo, mom. That she would just love her and show her the way there. She sang at my mom's funeral, right here, my solo. But I'd just like to thank all of you, the family, and um, thank you, Ashley, for the blessing you've been to my family, for your boldness, and for your richness of your faith, and your ever-smile. Bless you all. Well
0: done.
11: You can start singing. Jonathan, it's, it's my honor, it's my privilege to stand here and share about Granny a little bit. Um, I started working as a garden boy for her at a young age. I had a lot of job description for Granny. I drove her around to hospital every time when she had to do the chemo in Westville. And then I became a pastor as well. So I'll be able to stand in front and lead him to be able to, to tell him about the word of the Lord. But every time I finished preaching in this church, she said, That was a wonderful sermon, Zolani. And then I asked her, What did I say? She said, I did not hear anything. <laughs> but one of the greatest moments I can say, I became a garden boy, I a driver, but I know Adeline, she wanted to see people to come to Christ. All she wanted. She said to me other time, if I don't hear anything, I know you can tell others what you just said. So my mandate is to still stand and preach the word of God. Because she called me and she gave me that encourage. Do not ever stop preaching the gospel. That's why I'm still standing and preaching the gospel. There is a vacant open, maybe in heaven I'll be the driver. Maybe I'll be a caddin' boy. Amen.
0: Well done, Solani. So, Scott.
12: I was going to sing a song with the backing track, and because uh, we, we were at the hospital the other night, and uh, I sang a couple of songs to her. Uh, and then Colin came up with a bright idea. Mom, wouldn't you like Scott to sing uh, "Rise Again" at, at your 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 service? And she, you know, yes. And I'm going. No, no. The song is clearly out of my range, and I was really trying with Cliff this morning. We were both squawking and squealing, trying to come up with how to sing this song, trying to find the lower key to it. So. I said, no, let's just get Dallas Holmes to sing it and we'll download the music. Well, I'm standing there at the back hearing all the, everyone share different things about how, you know, she's always, she was, the athlete was always giving, always giving, always giving. And if I just can't give this, well then, hey. So I'm going to sing it without the music in a key that I can sing it and see what happens. But, but before that, I, a lot of people have said a lot of things about. The love and and the unconditional giving heart that athlete had, and it goes over to you guys as well. I mean, you guys have always accepted me into your home each and every one of you, and that that integrity's passed through it's in your genes you guys ha you guys have good genes. I just wanted you to, to know that um, you're all very special and dear to my heart. And when you hurt, I hurt. And you know that I love you. So I'm going to do my best. And don't look at me. Close your eyes and...
13: Go ahead. Drive the nails in my hands. Laugh at me where you stand. Go ahead and say it isn't me, the day will come when you will see, cause I'll rise again. Ain't no power on earth can keep me down, yes I'll rise again, death can't keep me in the ground, go ahead. And mark my name, my love for you is still the same. Go ahead and bury me, but very soon... I will be free, yes, I'll rise again, hey, no power on earth can keep me down, yes, I'll rise again, death can not keep me in the ground. Go ahead and say I'm dead and gone, but you will see that you were wrong. Go ahead and try to hide the sun. But all will see that I'm the one. cause I'll come again. There's no power on earth can keep me back, yes, I'll come again. Come to take my people home. Come to take my people home.
12: Thank you. Thank
0: you, Scott. Now, hear the word of the Lord. To live is Christ, to die is gain. To depart and be with Christ is far better. Hear the word of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone lives and believes in me, she will never die. If she were dead, yet she will live. For it is written in the word of God that Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It is written, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so it is written, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions in this present age. To live lives lives that are self-controlled, upright and godly. while we wait for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. And so, as we've heard, a mother in Israel has fallen. And we today... Release Athalie to her destiny, where she's caught up in the perichoresis, the Trinitarian dance of joy, which is rather like the galaxies circling together. And Athalie, at this moment, is in an ecstatic, joyful, wonderful, a joy unspeakable, and full of glory, dancing. We are caught up in our destiny when we are glorified to dance with the Trinity, which is eternally dancing in a love dance. The CV of a believer is summed up in three stages. Yesterday, we were reconciled. At the cross. Today we are justified, uncondemned in the eyes of a holy God who has fairer eyes than to look on iniquity. And tomorrow, which for Athelie is today, we shall be glorified, reconciled, justified, glorified. <coughs> Katharine was never in danger of winning a Nobel Prize for nuclear fission. She didn't have a mind cluttered by academic theology, which is a barrier to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. I am grateful to Alan Judd because I was in a home group with Athelie and Charlie and whoever. And and sometimes we'd start being clever. We'd start being theological. We'd start saying on this hand and on that hand. And Ethelie would cut us through To the bone and say, I don't know what you're talking about, but the word of God says. And that was the end of the story. (laughs) And I was woken up to the treasure she is. Because she was in touch with the now word of God. By Alan Judd, because I am inherited a snob job genes. Uh, I'm afraid for my culture, which I deeply despise and repent. But uh, I had stratified sharily uh, atherly you know like Mrs. Tiggy Winkle in the Beatrix Potter things the twinkling eyes and the beaming smile but I thought she was on, on the lower rungs of the intellectual world until I heard Alan Judd just drop. Casually once he said, I often hear God speaking more clearly through Athelie than through anyone else. And I got a kick in the solar plexus and I started listening to God speaking through athlete, And as has been said, she used to sit just there. And I honor Amanda gospel who every morning, every Sunday worship, when Athelie came in, and, and, and sat down there, Amanda would go and minister to her and bond with her and encourage her. Uh, and that was kingdom stuff. And uh, we'd be doing our stuff and then we'd hear the words of the Lord from Athali. Eye has not seen and no ear heard, nor has entered the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for we, we heard that many times. In our home group, we heard many times a story of when she was on the roof and a storm came and the ladder slipped, and she was an exciting story. But Athelie in this age may not have been in the higher ranks Of those who are esteemed. But in the kingdom of heaven. Everything is reversed. In the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Athali is walking down the palace of the king. And there are these mighty archangels. And they see her coming. And they are chatting about the return of her Lord. (laughs) And they stop chatting. They stand back. And as Athelie walks past, they bar very low. Because in the kingdom of heaven, Athelie Maclay is the highest rank. She's a child of God. And in the kingdom of heaven, archangels in all their majesty and power and light are but servants of the royal house. So I honor, honor Athelie. I thank God for her, I've been humbled by her, corrected by her, and taught by her, and as we've heard the tributes, we recognize that extraordinary courage and generosity. So now, I'm going to commit Athelie to the Lord. Yes, in this age, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. In the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of the body. Meanwhile, in spirit, she is raised up in a spiritual body. <coughs> and so we commit, Athalie to your care, Lord God. We commit her body, remembering, as Job said, Maybe 4,000 years ago. I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the latter day, He shall stand upon the earth. And when after my skin, worms shall destroy this body, yet in my flesh, I shall see God. And so we commit. We commit, athlete, To that destiny, that in the day of the Lord, when the new heavens and the new earth is created, she will be restored to her glorified physical resurrection body in her flesh. From the limited to the limitless, from the temporary to the eternal, from the part to the whole. From the humble to the glorified. So we commit her to your care. Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll close our service of celebration. By singing a hymn. <coughs> and, I'll, and then there will be a closing prayer. And we'll disperse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And those who don't believe perish. We don't go to heaven because we know Athali. We go to heaven because we know Jesus. And now may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless you all.